never lost cause I'm the boss and never will cause I'm still the champion Chief one won't lose until I choose which I won't cause I don't retreat I run you over like a truck and leave you dead in the street You're inviting me a titan to a battle Why I don't need your respect cause I got it made got it made Yes, I'm gifted, never boosted, never shoplifted I got the cash, but money ain't nothing Make a million dollars every record that I cut And my name is Special Ed and I'm a super duper star Every other month I get a brand new car Got 20, that's plenty, yet I still want more Kinda find how the scooters got 74 I got the riches to fulfill my needs Got land in the sand of the West Indies Even got a little island of my very own I got a frog, a dog with a solid gold bone What's up? Welcome to the Under the Hood Podcast. I am Jonathan Hood, driving around on a Saturday morning, running some errands, and got Special Ed on the radio. I haven't heard this in a while. I got it made. Man, I haven't heard this song in a long time. Glad that you are with me here for our Under the Hood Podcast as I drive around here. What a week. Uh, the Captain J Hood Morning Show. Hope you got a chance to listen to our show mornings between 7 and 10 on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Um, if you haven't downloaded the ESPN Chicago app, you got to do so. That's where you get the archives of our podcast. Of course, in the description of this podcast, I'll leave the link there for you so you can subscribe and you can download the podcast and listen to it when you want to. Love for you to listen to it live when it airs, though, between 7 and 10. Uh, in the morning on ESPN 1000. Um, interesting week because this is the week where Tony LaRusso once again is named the manager for the Chicago White Sox. Now, if you know me, you know my story. The Chicago White Sox mean more to me than any team in Chicago because I'm a South Sider, born and raised, still living in the South Side, living in the South Shore, grew up 20 minutes from the ballpark. And so the White Sox meant so much to me. There was a conduit between the White Sox and the South Side because not just because the White Sox are on the South Side, but the reason why that I love the team is because to me it's just part of the South Side, like Bronzeville, the Museum of Science and Industry, and you know some of the great places as far as dining and as far as historical places around the city. The White Sox are being part of that. All these historic neighborhoods throughout the city. Well, the White Sox are part of that as well, being in Bridgeport. And so there's a story that is right there for this White Sox team to be able to take it to the next level, an opportunity possibly for them to go to the World Series, just like the Dodgers did and won it. So the question is, why Tony La Russa? Why someone who's in his mid-70s? Why would he accept the job and why would the White Sox hire him? Well, this week we found out exactly where Rick Hahn, the general manager, is as far as the hierarchy, how he is perceived in the organization. So Rick Renneria was fired, and rightfully so. You had to take it to a different level with the manager, someone I thought was more modern, someone who's just managed and looking for another opportunity, whether that's Bruce Bochy, who's 64, 65 himself, A.J. Hinch, who was part of the cheating Houston Astros, whether Sandy Alomar, whatever, right? One thing for sure with this young White Sox group, and I'm not crazy, I see this myself, is that it does need a little fine-tuning. When you are young and inexperienced, yeah, the hitting was pretty quality 
more times than not. But defensively, this team needs to be able to work on some things. And also, the roster is good, but there still needs to find this need to find a third or fourth starter for this team. So they still have some ways to go, even though they overachieved, I thought, this past season by them going to the playoffs and losing in three to the Oakland A's. So I expect this team to be a perennial playoff team, but I thought it would be guided by someone that's not in his mid-70s. Tony La Russa, don't get it twisted. Tony La Russa is someone who is polarizing. You could say he's a Hall of Fame manager. You could say that he's a guy that has won a lot of games. All those things are true. However, when you talk to some of his players, especially those that are black players, some did not like playing for Tony La Russa. I thought it was a red flag for Tony La Russa to mention in his press conference, in which he could barely keep his eyes open, that he's not a racist. Show me someone that has to say that I'm not a racist, and I'll show you someone that has issues with race. You don't have to tell anyone that you're a racist. It usually was showing your actions, right? And so if you have some players that said, oh, Tony was cool, and some that said, yeah, you know what, I could tell that he wasn't in my corner because of race, I mean, that sends a red, red flag up for me. Now, here's what I look at. If you're any player on that roster, including Tim Anderson, and you're unhappy with the hire, you just have to move forward and just continue to play your best baseball. And the goal is to be able to win the World Series, no matter who the manager is. Because ultimately, no matter who's in that dugout, it's up to the players in that locker room to be able to come together, mature together, and be able to execute and produce wins, playoff wins, and a World Series championship. I like this core of this White Sox team because of how it was built. There was over 800 losses since the time that Ozzie Gian was let go to the time where we are right now, coming up to this season. 800 losses. There was a lot of losing under Robin Ventura and Rick Renteria. And so here you are now with an opportunity with the door open for the Sox to be, what, a 10-to-1 favorite, 12-to-1 favorite at worst to win the World Series? It's an opportunity for a young group to come together and win it. Now, nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed. But what I loved is, is that Reinsdorf was able to open up the money and provide $200 million of spending in free agency this last year. That's really cool. I'm good with that. Now they have to be able to fine-tune it. But I just thought... Someone who was going to shepherd the Sox to the next level would not be Tony La Russa. Now, some will say, Hood, here's a guy here that's a Hall of Famer and he's done so much for the game. But on the other side, Tony has not managed since 2011. Doesn't mean he, yeah, he hasn't forgotten how to manage. But I still believe that there is something to be said about how he can relate to today's players. Now, we can go back in the Rolodex and go through the timeline of him managing a lot of outlandish players like Dennis Eckersley or Ricky Anderson and those guys. Yeah, that's true. Those things did happen. He did manage some guys that had some personality, some flair to them. The hope is is that in 2021, moving forward, when Tim Anderson gets excited or when Aloy or when Luis Robert gets excited, that La Russa is not thwarting 
the excitement from this young ball club. That here's what I expect from Tony. I expect Tony Larusa to be able to get this team better defensively. I expect him to be able to have these players, you know, play the right way as far as fundamentally sound. You know, think about your at bats. What are you doing with your at bats? You know, you're not swinging dead red on the, on the first pitch for every at bat with runs in scoring position, and just things like that. Just the fine tuning, things that Larusa has seen and done that Renteria has not seen. So I'm very happy in that regard that their experience is there. But can Larusa be able to shepherd this crucial time for the White Sox? It's crucial only because if Larusa is around for three years, four years, you don't want to go backwards as a team. You want to move forward. We'll see what happens with that. So if you go in the archives, you can hear the interview we did with Steve Stone. I feel like I should give you a little flavor of that on this podcast in case you missed it. Steve Stone, the veteran voice of the Chicago White Sox doing colors with the Cubs for a long time and very knowledgeable with baseball. It was surprising to know that Steve Stone was available to us, actually, that he came on our station for the first time in for- since forever and was available to come on with us on Friday morning. And so that was really cool. Um, we heard from Hawk Harrelson as well. Hawk has been retired for the last couple of years. Ken Harrelson was, again, a longtime voice of the White Sox and came on and gave his thoughts and gave his perspective of Tony La Russa. I thought that that was an interesting conversation as well. Uh, Hawk Harrelson was a general manager for the White Sox for a year. I remember that as a kid. And I saw that Tony was fired. I'm like, really? For Jim Fergosi? I said, that's interesting. Tony La Russa, I thought, was that hot manager uh, similar to Doug Collins when he was uh, managing the... Uh, when he was coaching the uh, Chicago Bulls. So um, he was let go. And of course, Tony was able to win championships with St. Louis and Oakland. So all good on that, right? So now, again, because the team is so important to me, I'm hoping that the Sox can win. And I hope that they can win a World Series. If Tony LaRusso is the manager for that, that's great. But my focus now has got to be on how this young core can come together. And by the way, Rick Hahn, oh my God, oh my God, Rick Hahn, the general manager. If you're wondering where his balls are, his balls are on the desk of Jerry Reinsdorf. It's Jerry's hire. It wasn't Rick's hire. I feel bad for Rick Hahn. I really do. I mean, a couple of days after LaRusso was introduced to the media on Thursday, I still feel bad for him because he's a guy that was able to move this organization along. You know, Jerry helped it with the money, there's no doubt. But the thing is, is that Rick had a vision, and he mentioned it himself in the press conference. Like, this wasn't his hire. You listen, go back and read that, read the transcripts, or listen to that press conference. He wasn't happy. He was not happy with that hire because that he didn't think a 75, 76 year old manager was the right call for this young core. But it's happening because this is what Jerry wanted. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, so I thought that that was a, a major story. The Bears, also a major story. We've had so much reaction about Bears football. I tell you, working mornings, and I love my Under the Hood show that I did weeknights, um, but to be able to get up on a Tuesday morning after the Bears lost on Monday Night Football, right? And Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, a little bit on Thursday, 
Bears fans are so passionate. I knew that from shows I've hosted over the years, but man, it's nothing like getting up on a the day after the Bears have played and getting that studio and put those headphones on and hear from you all. And you're so passionate. I love that. And I appreciate you calling and tweeting me and tweeting Cap and tweeting at the show about what you want as a Bears fan. It is really, really cool. It's a different experience for me because, you know, when I was working at night, all the other shows have had their bite at the apple about the Bears. Then here I come on trying to give a, a fresh perspective. And I think we did. But that's like that early morning phone call at 7.05 that says, you know what, I'm pissed off about the Bears. And let me tell you why. So that was also an interesting angle this week on the show I did with David Kaplan because of what Nick Foles said. Nick Foles, the quarterback for this football team, decides that he wants to tell Brian Greasy, one of the color analysts for the Monday Night Football, he wanted to say, hey, you know what? Matt Nagy, as the head coach for this team, he does not understand what I'm going through as a quarterback. There's something that he will say as far as a play that he wants me to call, in which I don't see it, but he sees it. And so he, I felt like there was a disconnect. I felt like there was a disconnect listening to um, Nick Foles talk about this with Brian Greasy. If you hadn't heard the story, you can go back to the archives, but... You know, Brian Greasy mentioned the broadcast that Nick Foles and Matt Nagy gave us somewhat of a disconnect as far as what needs to be called at what certain time. And I was like, wow. And then, of course, you had Foles that had to backtrack and say there was a miscommunication because he doesn't want to make Matt Nagy look bad, even though that's something that probably should have been off the record, but it was on the record by Brian Greasy. Greasy's no dummy. Greasy played for the Bears. So it doesn't surprise me that he went there. That probably was off the record. Greasy could have left it out, but he's like, nah. <laughs> he didn't leave it out. He was like, nah, I got to tell the people this. Because he knows how we are Chicago Bears fans. And the Bears have been looking for a quarterback forever, forever, ever, ever. So I thought that that dynamic was interesting. And just, just the ineptitude of the offense against the Rams. It seemed winnable, that game in Los Angeles. And once again, the offense did not come to play. And it got so bad, the defense was bad. The defense wasn't very good. So, I I, I don't know. Now, the Bears play the Saints on Sunday. As I record this on Saturday morning, I will tell you that I'm not sure if the Bears can win on Sunday. Because I don't know what offense is going to show up. I don't care about the weather and the windy conditions. There's no fans in the stands. It's just one team against the other. And the Saints are like a four or five point favorite. Wouldn't surprise me if the Saints win. What if the Saints win? Then many would be proven right like, oh, see, this Bears team isn't very good. And that would just suck. But we'll see. It's, it ultimately, it's up to the offense to show what they can do. That's what it comes down to. Can the offense show what they can do? Because defensively, this football team is good enough to hold a team in the ballgame. Now, again, against the, against the Rams, you saw a defense that bent and broke. <laughs> Usually it's bend, don't break, but it bent and broke. You saw how the Bears had a hard time stopping the run. 
and you saw the play action by Goff and uh, the Rams offense, and they had the Bears defense off guard. And the Bears defense could only do so much that their quarter wasn't very good for the Bears because they held them, the Rams offense in check for at least a half, and then they're like, okay. But there was missed tackles, there was some undiscipline, there's some bad penalties, I hated that. Penalties were bad. So we'll see what happens if that all clears up on Sunday against the Saints. You hear about Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson, the Clemson quarterback, the guy that more than likely is going to be the number one pick in the draft. He's got COVID. As much as I love sports, let me tell you, we are tempting fate every time we see these games. College football, especially in the South, ACC, SEC, it's in the Big Ten now. As they started last week, I love college football. I love the sport. But there's no bubble plan for college football. There's no bubble plan for the NFL. You know, you think NFL players, they should go home and just chill out, make sure they keep themselves safe. College guys, they're doing whatever the hell they want to do. And I don't know where Trevor Lawrence picked up COVID-19, who knows. But I'm reading reading the papers as far as the information on the Internet um, and watching the news. And I know that there's a serious spread that's occurring again with COVID-19. I have no other choice but to believe it because people are selfish. Those that don't believe that COVID-19 is going through a second wave are those that are selfish. That don't, all right, that's not happening. So many non-believers still of COVID-19. Even our president of the United States dealt with COVID-19. The first lady dealt with it. So it's something that is real. For the non-believers, there have been some, so many people that have passed away or are dealing with it. I had a cousin who died from it. So I know that it is real. But when I th- think about Trevor Lawrence and I think about some of these college players, Illinois, there was a report I saw Friday that Illinois is going through some COVID not, uh, situations with Lovey Smith's team. It's, it, it, I mean, it, it, it's, not, it's not one of these things where it's just going to skip a team or skip players. It's out there, especially if you don't protect yourself. If you're not washing your hands, like every time I think about it, I'm using the Purell. Every time I think about it, I've got a mask on when I'm outside because you have to just be careful. Now, if you don't believe in the information, at least protect yourself just in case. You know it's out there, but so, so you protect yourself. So I think about Trevor Lawrence, and the thing I'm wondering about is if he's not going to play in today's game, as I record this um, against Boston College, will he play against Notre Dame the next week? I'm wondering about that. Because I don't know exactly when he contracted, when he was able to had a positive test, rather, for COVID-19. I have no idea. But I find that story interesting amongst how some of these college teams have had to postpone, just like the Major League Baseball had to do the same thing. They're just trying to force sports in despite us being in a pandemic. And as much as I love sports, I'm, I appreciate the athletes more so than just, hey, these guys got to get out of here because they got to entertain me. It's not about that. It's about the safety of the players every single time. That's what that's the key. What is sports without players, right? So that's how I look at it. Run! Um, 
you know, I had an opportunity when I was in college, when I went to Kennedy King, WKKC, that's where I started off doing radio at Kennedy King College. Started doing radio there. And I had so many friends of mine that was into music. I DJed before I started doing sports. I was a DJ. I loved music, especially in the early 90s. Oh, the music. I, I think I was in the golden age of music during that time, playing some of the great music of R&B and, uh, and hip-hop during that time. And I was thinking about those that used to mix. I used to have DJs that used to mix, like I'm listening to right now, this mix from uh, DJ AVNYC. He's uh, at Twitter. He's on Twitter at DJ AVEENYC. I'm listening to a mix with him right now as I drive to my destination. I had an opportunity. What if I didn't do sports talk and just went into being a, a DJ full time or a mixer? Like I'd be carrying like crates, milk crates of albums with me from club to club. I'd get tired of that quickly, I think. <laughs> Because I always tell my FM friends, they're like, man, you were a DJ first. I said, yeah, the reason why I switched to sports talk or just entertainment talk is because I wasn't talking enough as a DJ. Some days I wish I was back being a DJ so I have to talk so much. <laughs> no, seriously, I enjoy, um, I enjoy what I'm doing. It's really fun. But I always think, what if, right? What if I was, uh, what if I was an MC, a DJ? Or just a mixer, because I saw those guys learning. When I was in college, I saw them learning on the turntables and just trying to get the timing down because they had to entertain on the air and have those hot mix shows. Uh, used to be called Friday Night Audio. That was on 89.3 FM uh, in Chicago. And they used to have these mix shows, and I'd just be in awe. Like, I don't know if I could ever do that. Get the two turntables going and be able to mix. It's crazy, man. Reminds me of that movie, The Get Down. I watched that again the other day. The, uh, find out on Netflix, the, the Get Down. It's a series. I think that if you're into music, uh, especially when it comes to mixing and and all that, I think that you really enjoy that. The Get Down is a really, really good movie. That's my recommendation for the weekend if you've never seen that. Type in The Get Down for Netflix and uh, that is the spot. I think people, I think you'll enjoy that. The story. It's crazy, that story. I really enjoy that. What else is, am I thinking about? I got a couple of things that was on my mind, but I, just, I look forward to um, the show every day, talking to you, and having fun with it, having fun with David Kaplan every morning, uh, with uh, Danny and JR and Jeff. Just trying to put things, put it all together. We started on August 17th, and you know, every day we just try to figure out something to put a smile on your face, make you think, make you be mad at us. <laughs> We're always putting it together. So I'm having a fun time for sure uh, with the show. It's Halloween. I'm driving around. I don't see a lot of Halloween decorations. I think the COVID has taken a lot of the, uh, at least in my neighborhood, that's a lot of, um, a lot of people that maybe are not into the spirit of Halloween like they normally would because of COVID. And then on top of that, like, are you, are kids coming in for, for Halloween? Are you allowing them to trick or treat or are you leaving a bowl outside for them to just pick for themselves? Yeah, that's a quick, you know, over the last five or six years, even without COVID, we haven't had a lot of kids in our neighborhood. It's a lot of, 
we live in a kind of a ret- almost a retirement community. All the people on our block pretty much stay home. I don't know. I think my wife, me, um, maybe one other couple, two other couples work. But for the most part, people stay home. So I don't know how they handle the whole thing with uh, Halloween. Uh, but should be interesting to see how Halloween works this year. No Halloween parties for me. And by the way, I'm trying to remember if I have any like great Halloween memories. I don't think that I do. I saw just going door to door and get candy. I don't remember like maybe I'm getting older and don't remember. I'll go through some albums to see if I can find myself what I was dressed as. I can't remember what I was uh, wearing for Halloween. I gotta go back and think about that. When you get older, you forget about this stuff. That's why the old photo album. Gotta have to dust those things off and see what I was wearing. What did you wear for Halloween? Do you remember? Not as an adult, but as a kid. What was your favorite costume? Because I can't remember mine. It's happened to get older. You forget stuff. <laughs> All right. Brand Nubians on, so I've reached my destination. Thanks so much, as always, for supporting the show. And uh, don't forget, Monday through Friday, Cap and J-Hood. Also, for you wrestling fans, if you are a wrestling fan or know of one, tell them to check out Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday wherever you Download your podcast. It's on the ESPN Chicago app as well for wrestling fans. I put out two podcasts of wrestling this week uh, because there was a wrestler that passed away, Tracy Smothers, as well as our normal Tuesday wrestling podcast. So it's Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. It's right there on the ESPN Chicago app. And so I'm going to be off this weekend, off of the college show. If people are wondering, why aren't you getting ready for the college show because I'm not on the college show this week. I'm not doing Chicago's College Tailgate with the fellas because I am off as I travel to my destination this weekend to chill out. All right. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks so much. And don't forget we're here every Saturday as I drop in on you to talk about whatever's on the top of my head. All right. My pointy head. All right. Let's see what the Bears do and uh, we'll talk Monday 7 to 10 on Cap and J Hood on ESPN 1000. All right. Peace. Your punk ass will be grass quick fast like my name was Flash.